Hey everybody, welcome to the Polybian Power Hour. Today we're going to be talking about the banking crisis of 2023. The banking crisis of 2023, which just started. We were going to do something different, and then I was like, oh my gosh, look what's happening, look what's unfolding. We have to do this. Because as of late, there have been some pretty significant banking issues two of which were Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank getting taken over by the FDIC because they have failed. Yeah, and and to to give some context, like right now it is March 17th. So it's St. Patrick's Day, it is March 17th, and these banks, um, I think Silicon Valley failed on the 10th. So a week ago Mm -hmm. was when it kind of officially failed and then the 13th a lot of stuff was kind of happening over the weekend i think the 13th was it was on signature. it was on the 12th the 12th it fell on a sunday and yeah. honestly that's what made me be like we need to talk about this because rarely in the history of banking has a bank failed on a sunday yeah i didn't even realize it had mm-hmm. like i that that one I, I mean that one i don't think was as weird to me as the silicon Valley one because when I started looking into things, one of the things, uh, if you look at where a lot of their money was with with Signature, I think they did a lot of stuff with like crypto, yeah, and Silicon Valley. I think they did a lot more stuff with like tech startups. They were yeah. big in like the venture capital game, I guess. Both of them kind of screwed up a bit when it came to certain things regarding percentages of deposits and things that were protected by um, the FDIC, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, that one is interesting to me because I have a hard time blaming them. Like, I I understand that, yeah, they probably should have changed things, but things kind of changed on them as well, and I guess they just didn't adjust, and they kind of have that responsibility. Are you talking about Silicon Valley? Yeah, like... Yes, I totally agree. In all of my research that I'm done, that I've done, I think that the government did this, and not in like a malicious way, where, right? Where they're trying to do anything, but I, I genuinely believe that it had a lot to do with the interest rates. Oh, and for sure, inflation, and, and the pretty mm-hmm. people pretty much say that what Silicon Valley should have done was adjusted. But to kind of explain what we're talking about like Mm -hmm. what we're saying the problem is is if you go back a couple years when interest rates were basically next to nothing yeah so when people were investing whatever if you invest in you know treasuries bonds Mm -hmm. or you know mortgages whatever the interest rate that you're getting is really low like a two percent or a three percent. yeah so it was like 1.6 to 1.8 percent on most of their investments and when you have, you're getting money from that percentage, still a slice of it has to go towards um, functionality and other things. So you're only truly making two thirds of that as your um, income. So the interest rates from long ago were so low yeah. that when it came time for people to buy those, now there's interest rates that are at 7% and 5%. That they're like, no, we want these ones. And they couldn't offload the ones that they needed to make their money back from. But they were kind of stuck in an inability to become liquid in the way that they needed to. Yeah, and and to liquidate, what they basically have to do is they sell it essentially for a loss. 
So all those yeah. all those holdings that they have, all those investments that they made are what they call unrealized losses yes. until they sell them. So and that the was books, a big deal. And that's what hurt Silicon Valley. That is what made the run happen. So there were two aspects from what I could tell of the run. Is that was one of them. And the second one is related to the FDIC insurance of 250000 Which I have more information about. So just for those of you who might not know, when a bank has unrealized losses, that just means that their portfolio, for example, uh, let's say they bought stock at $30 a stock somewhere, and now it's worth $27, so they've lost money, but they're not really selling their stock, so it doesn't super matter at this point. So it's an unrealized loss. Yeah. But they had to liquidate, They and that means they had to actually get the movement of money, which couldn't be done by leaving it in the stock. And so they had to then realize those losses. So if you, they had to sell at 27, let's say, and they purchased at 30, which means they genuinely lost money on the whole deal. But if they had just left it in their portfolio, it would have fluctuated like stocks always do. But that word of that got out. And it got on Twitter. It got on Twitter. This is the first ever in the history of the world where a bank run was started by social media. So people got on Twitter and then everyone started freaking out. And but in 48 hours, it's gone. And in 48 hours, $42 billion was removed from that bank. Yeah. And my husband took some out of it. (laughs) Did I tell you this? You did say. Uh-huh. You said uh, he was busy helping <laughs> some people get money out of the. Yeah, bank. one of one of the guys on the board of directors of his current company had money in that bank, and was terrified because at the time, they are under the impression there's so many layers that overlap that it's so hard to tell this in the proper order, but the FDIC currently not currently, as of a week ago, would insure up to $250,000 of your deposits. Yep. So if you go to the bank and you deposit $251,000, then you're only covered two hundred and fifty. They keep the thousand, thousands lost, it's gone, whatever, which still doesn't make sense to me. Where does that money go? Does it really just disappear? It's I, I think it house. really does, but, but keep in mind... The money's all kind of fake anyway. Once you put it in the bank, you know, they're not sitting on your 251000 It's all right. in, on paper. So all, I think all they do is just erase that $1,000 line on the paper and problem solved. But get this, okay? So when I'm trying to understand this, I'm thinking back to It's a Wonderful Life and how they're making a run on a bank and George Bailey? George Bailey. George Bailey says... Well, I don't have your money. It's in Tom's right. house. It's in John's house. It's in Esther's garage. Like, like, because that's where the money is. And so I was talking to my husband and I'm like, so all that money still loaned out. Who gets that money? Because that's where the thousand dollars is. It's, it's in Tom's house. And he's like, the government does. Because they take over the bank and then the people start paying their loans yeah. back to the government. So I'm like, my brain is busted so, just from that one. <laughs> so the way that it works with the FDIC is the FDIC steps in and they say, we own the bank now. 
Yes. We own the bank. And what they did is with the Silicon Valley Bank and with the uh, Signature Bank is they say, all right, we are making essentially Silicon Valley Bank 2. We own Silicon Valley Bank 2. Mm-hmm. And we will make the decisions until right. everything gets straightened out. And, and then they they'll turn the, it over back to somebody. Uh, yeah, somebody can buy it. Yeah. They have the authority when they do this to, just like in... in the Great Depression, how he sort of um, stopped all, you know, people from taking out their money. They have the authority to say, nope, you don't get any more. We're closing this down. You don't get to touch it until we're ready to have you touch it, which for Silicon Valley Bank, it actually happened really fast. Like people were able to um, get their FDIC checks in like by the next Monday. Oh, I, I believe it. So to give you some of the timeline, like the, the timeline on this is insane. Insane. Because on, uh, I mean, earlier Friday. in the year, somebody put something out saying, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, and I saw this a Twitter thread on it that was put out in January saying, you know, because of their investments or whatever, they have all these unrealized losses mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're potentially in bad shape. Well, nothing really happened on March 8th, so two days before mm-hmm. the... CEO of the bank. Oh my gosh! Says it. The CEO of the bank. He got up and gave a press conference. Says it publicly <sighs> that they're in trouble and. And what he was trying to do, I think, was to say we're aware of this. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We got it under control. And, and trying to be transparent, right? Because, uh, like, I saw one article and they were saying something along the lines of like. If he did it in secret, that's what everybody would think. All these, you know, filthy, lying banks, you know, doing all this stuff behind the scenes. So he's trying to be transparent. But the transparent thing is to get up and go, We're not. calm down, everybody. There's a little fire in the back. (laughs) You know, you don't need to worry about it. You're going to be fine. There's a small fire. We'll get it taken care of. And as long as nobody panics. Right. But then you're like. There's a fire, and mm-hmm. everybody starts panicking. So then that triggered the run. You know, that's yes. when everybody was and like, was so get fast. your money out. And, and that hits Twitter. And Twitter, everybody on Twitter is saying, uh-huh. get, get your, your money, money out. out. And people did. And it was so interesting because it took my husband several hours to get that guy's money yeah, out. Yeah, I believe it. And he left in the amount that was insured. Because he's recognizing that this is a bank run. Yeah. And so he doesn't take the entire amount. He takes in everything except for the insured amount for this person. And because, of course, at the time they didn't know that the government was going to cover all deposits. But, you know, he's like, this is bad. (laughs) It was like, this feels bad. Like, because a lot of this has to do with consumer confidence. Almost all of it really seems to be, which is why if you're looking at what the government is saying, like, hey, everybody, the banks are fine. You're going to get all your money. Like, the reason that they're saying that is because if they say even the slightest Mm -hmm. thing different, like, we think things might be okay or you'll hardly feel anything, (laughs) you know, you're going to cause a panic. People are going to panic. So everybody is trying to do their best to be like, everything's fine. Everything's mm-hmm. fine because it really is kind of 
a confidence game, not mm-hmm. in like a you know any sort of fraudulent way, but it, if you don't have confidence in the system, the system collapses. You know, I have a little bit of information in my research that I thought was amusing, and I'll interject here since we're all over the place. So the FDIC was started during the Great Depression by Roosevelt, yep. 1933. So this is, you know, when all the banks were run, he shut down everything and then opens up and there's this insurance situation available to people now. And I have a list of the insurance amounts over the years. So in 1933, you were covered for $2,500. But they realized that wasn't enough. So in 1934, it was 5000 in 1950, $10,000, $66,000, $15,000, $69,000, $20,000, $74,000, 40000 However, time and savings accounts that were held by the state were allowed $100,000. In 1978, they added IRA accounts, and it's called a K-E-O-G-H account. Have you heard of this? I don't know what that I is. I didn't know what that is either, and I didn't go down that hole. So, But they were also insured to 100000 but in 1980, they made deposits, 100000 It wasn't until 2008 that they bumped it up to 250 because of the huge crisis that happened. I had thought 250 was there for a long time. It, it wasn't. But I also think it's really important to remember that a lot of the people today that have money in a bank were there in 2008 that lost money. And so I bet that if this had kept going... It could have gotten big because so many people who are alive and doing business lost money in 2008 because of all of the bank closures. That so, happened. so speaking of losing money, there in November of 2022, there was a crypto exchange called FTX. Yep. And it went under and billions of dollars was lost. It just disappeared. Signature Bank and Silvergate Bank. Silvergate Bank was an, a bank that uh, essentially closed down I think a week before Silicon Valley yep. Bank. It didn't get it taken over smaller. by the FDIC. It just essentially just said, it. Hey, you know, we can't we can't do this and we're gonna pay out anybody with a deposit, we're giving you your money back yeah. and we're shutting down. They had a total asset of eleven point thirty six billion. So in in comparison to these banks that, that shut down, those tiny bank. Yeah. I mean that's actually a decent sized bank compared to world. like some <laughs> yes. you know, other banks. But Like, if you go back to the Great Depression, it was all small banks. And now, like most things, everything starts building up to where it just becomes bigger and bigger. I have information on that, too, when you're done. So, but but the FTX was a crypto exchange. And keep in mind, one of the things, a lot of these banks, uh, Silicon Valley Bank and uh, Silvergate uh, were California banks. I think First Republic is a California bank. It's a lot of the same people that are working in those areas that that were involved in the FTX crash. So with the FTX, people are saying, get your money out. If you didn't get your money out, you just lost it. So it's a lot of these same sort of people that are worried. Yes, So when they're saying, oh, you're going to lose your money, some of these people already lost lots of money. Mm -hmm. Like this is the tech startup area that's what silicon valley bank was known for was tech startups and a lot of those people lost a ton of money in the fdx crypto crash mm-hmm. so they have freshly knowledge, lost fresh, money yeah. plus they lost a bunch in 2008 so there's a legit 
we're going to lose our money. And so then, which is another thing that with the Silicon Valley Bank, is they said like 93% of their mm-hmm. accounts were over 250000 Yep. Which is not necessarily, you know, that's not really normal. No, it's it, actually really bad, but I know why. Because it mostly is these rich venture capitalists yeah. uh, that uh, it, it, it doesn't deal with just standard regular you know people clients it's mostly just these rich investors well there's there's another layer to this crazy cake and it's that silicon valley had this um what do you call it position a position and it was let me see what i have here i cannot find it oh here we go it's called the chief risk officer. And the chief risk officer's job is to make sure that this is not an issue. To yeah. make sure that they don't have too many over um, insured level things. That they, they, they balance their investments. Thank the, you. I'm so like inventory. Yeah. So <laughs> they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. So right. that if any particular thing happens... They're covered. It's a to, to hedge risk, yes. which is why they are the chief risk officer. Well, there was a lady in 2022 who was the chief risk officer, and she left in April, but they kept paying her until October. So I don't know if she had like a baby and some amazing maternal leave or what it was, because I, I didn't ever find that out. But I know that up until October, nobody is in this position. Nobody's doing this part. And then they hire Kim Olsen at the end of 2022. And so this is so fascinating because when you look on the SBB website and you look at their leadership team and you look at all the people who are in all of the positions because um, SBB has like three major groups and one of them is the deposit portion and and there's also... um, other parts to it so there's like three presidents and two ceos <laughs> stuff like that so it gets a little confusing but they hire her and she worked for the federal reserve for 10 years and she has a master's of public administration from harvard right you look at the other people's education it's like bachelors from some dorky college so the at the ceo of svv security so that's another one it's one of the triple parts is the the securities his name is jeffrey larink and he has a bachelor's degree from union college i'm like what like so obviously they must have known there was a problem obviously they try and shove someone in there who can help them out that has high credentials and i bet she found out there's a big problem which is why they're like there is a big problem but it's okay (laughs) it's okay it's okay it wasn't okay. It, but the weird thing is, like, it probably could have been okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because if there been. wasn't that run, if, if people didn't get scared, mm-hmm. but people get scared because, you know, that they've got the more than 250000 So if you have a million dollars in the bank and you're worried you're going to lose $750,000 in a day if you don't do anything, of course you're going to, you know, want, you know, to not lose your money. So you go to try and pull out your money. Well, I think this is something that would have happened with every bank because they all have those bonds 
and yeah. at two percent at one and a half percent so somebody wrote a paper and um i'm trying to remember what the number was but they basically said if you were to go look they called it uh, instead of unrealized losses versus uh you know realized loss they called it market value versus book value so book oh, value mm-hmm. would be um this is what we will have you know when all our these investments pay out if we had to sell right now, that's market value. So market value is when you have to realize those losses. Yeah. They said, if you look at all the banks, there's $2 trillion in, un- losses. in losses if they had to sell. If banks had to liquidate right now, that it would be $2 trillion in losses. Now, it's not really possible because if all the banks had to liquidate, there's nobody you know, to, to right. help buy you know, any of this stuff up, but... But that they're saying, like, it really is a much bigger thing. One of the things that really hurt Silicon Valley Bank is they had basically the highest percentage of what they were calling the uninsured investments yeah, of, of the accounts over 250000 mm-hmm. So that is part of the reason that they had such a run is because they have such a high percentage of people mm-hmm. who stand to lose money. But they, they, they said a lot of banks. In fact, I think they said 10% of the banks were in a worse position than silicon valley bank as far as their oh i'm sure losses you know what they would have because if if you go to a lesser bank you're gonna have a lesser person or no position at all for that risk officer and it's gonna be somebody who is also the cfo and there's so much to do and and i imagine it it's it gets pretty complicated when you are dealing with all of these massive inflation and massive interest rate changes because one of the things that somebody said when I was going and doing my research is they're like the government should have seen this coming the government should have because they the the fed and the state there's essentially state level fed they have departments that are literally supposed to just be watching banks and doing the math Mm -hmm. and this kind of brings us back to dog frank because in Dodd-Frank, that's the, the thing we were talking about earlier, where in 2008, they had the big crash. And then in 2010, when Obama was president, but he was just barely president, so this had already been going, um, they came up with the Dodd-Frank rule. And Frank is, I think his name is Barney. Barney Frank. Yep. Barney Frank of Dodd-Frank. He and... Dodd make this rule and all of these regulations for these banks. And one of the rules that they made is that any bank over $50 billion would have more oversight than the ones underneath it. And they would be required to perform a yearly stress test. Well, the thing that makes everybody upset is in 2018, Trump raised that to $250 billion. And to give you an idea of what this means, as of today, there are 2,124 banks in the United States. Okay, that might be minus two, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they added Silicon Valley Bank, too, so we're, it That's might right. be accurate. But um, so of the ones, of the banks that have over $50 billion in assets, there are only 50 banks in America that have over $50 billion in assets. So when they bumped it to 250 billion, that is 12. 
So you're talking about a difference between, what is that, 38 banks? 38 banks is the difference here. And while it is a big deal, it was really fascinating because when Trump changed it in 2018, it was endorsed by Barney Frank of Dodd-Frank. He said there's too much restriction, but he was also on the board of Signature Bank. <laughs> so he is on the board at the time in 2018 and at the time when it failed. So if anybody should have seen this coming, it's Frank from Dodd-Frank. Like, he should have been like, wait a second. Actually, I recommend the stress test again, you guys. Let's do this Let's... stress test. Let's see where we're at right now. And he didn't do it. And they interviewed him. And he was like, he was like, honestly, it wouldn't have made a lick of difference. Because this had to do with the inflation and with right. the interest rates. And because nobody would have guessed that when the CEO says, don't worry, everyone would worry. Because <laughs> they were trying to, and it, oh, that was Silicon Valley. But when they were trying to um, make this not a big deal, it turned into a big deal. And then it turned into a big deal for Signature. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody knew what to do. And um, Barney Frank said it all would have happened anyway. He doesn't think that the rollback had any significant impact on the collapses. See, I don't really think it did anyway. But one of the things that I wish, uh, I, I wish it didn't really get political because that was, there's, two political things that I was seeing. And one of them was all the Democrats are like, oh, oh Trump, yeah. Trump rolled his back. It's all Trump's fault. I know. And then all the Republican side is, you know, oh, these are all woke, you know, banks. Oh, and Because <laughs> li that's what they're saying, you know, like they're putting out all these things like, oh, did you know that Silicon Valley Bank gave $73 million to social justice causes? And, oh, no. You know, and, and they try and make it this big you know, the other side is the one. And all I really think is, like, quit playing those games. Like, We're all number impacted. one, this is a very complicated thing. Mm -hmm. The the interest rate, I think, really is what did it. But the the moving the interest rate shouldn't be something, okay, we can't do it because, you know, it'll put, you know, banks at a disadvantage. I don't know what if it really does or not. I think it well, it, it causes it's... problems because mm -hmm. everybody who has those loans, any loan you made when the interest rates are low, yep. now stink. You know, mm -hmm. you don't Nobody even wants want to them. Buy them. They, they are negative value for you for having made them. Mm -hmm. So, But I don't think that you can just say, oh, well, we'll never change interest rates. because It's really funny because when you listen to people talk about it, they're, they, they talk about how, you know, raising the inflation I mean, not inflation. I keep saying that. Raising the interest rates is something needed to slow down the recession of the economy. But now that this has happened, it's actually better to drop interest rates to help everyone feel better about, you know, what's going on with the banks. Well, and they're, they're trying like, to figure that out because they're still worried about inflation. <laughs> they are. So and so they've never come is, across isn't, this before. isn't really going down. It went down like 0.3% or oh, something yes. like like. It, it did seem like they started getting it under control where it doesn't just keep raising. Which right. I saw a chart of, like, interest rates, and we're, we're basically as bad as it's been since... Um, the 80s? The 80s. The, I agree. And, and the 80s was worse, like, way worse than that. And it started in, like, it, it was over, like, five years. So, in like, 78 mm -hmm. or something, it, it just started going up. And then... It, well, it didn't we stop to like eighty three, right? Is that uh, what started so that one? we went off the gold standard in 
the 78. 70, I, I thought it was earlier. Was it was it? under Nixon. So mm-hmm. it would have been like 74 or something. Um, but, yeah, it, it got really bad back then. And it's as bad. Uh, it, it's not as bad as now as it was then. But it hasn't been this high or anywhere yeah, close since, since then. then. And that's kind of what triggers me. So I'm always one of those people that when I see something coming, I'm like, get out of the way. And everyone's like, so far away. Why are you scared? <laughs> I'm like, I'm scared. Because I remember, you know, being in the 80s. And I remember, you know, hearing about interest rates. And I remember learning about what that meant. But if you go shopping for a house right now, let's say, and you're going to purchase a home, let's, I don't know, I don't know exact numbers, but let's say it's a $500,000 home. Your payment is going to almost be double because of the massive interest rates that there are. And it's like, oh, well, a long time ago, maybe I could have fancied out a $500,000 home and I could have felt really proud. Now it's like, oh, I'm not, I can't even pretend. Like, you can't even pretend to do that. But honestly, that's part of the reason that the interest rates are supposed to work. Because Mm -hmm. what's supposed to happen is that then people go, well, this isn't, I can't sell it for $500,000. Have to sell it for four hundred thousand mm-hmm. because nobody can afford, and so you start adjusting. But that isn't happening. Why? No, it oh, isn't. It isn't happening. It. I know it's not happening like instantly, but it is kind of ha- like home prices. Home prices have are started falling, going down, but they're not. Going they're not down going down as fast, fast as enough. they thought, <laughs> and, and that's a problem. <laughs> and, and and I think that's why they keep. Well, then let's then keep let's jacking keep the rates up. up. You know, like we're not there yet. Because in the 80s, it got up to 18, 18%. People would buy a home and pay 18%. And they could refinance later, which is probably why people did it. But, man. But at the time, scary. I mean, I don't know what people, because right now, like, if you were to ask me what does the future hold, you know, for interest rates, no, I have no they idea. They don't even know. So imagine you're like, oh, we'll buy it at 18%. And if it goes down, yeah. then we'll refinance. But at the same time, like, what are your options? Oh, well, yeah. we'll, we'll not if buy a house. If you have to move, you're like, a lot of people are just choosing tents on in Portland. So <laughs> that's right. That's apparently the way to go. I was, I came across a funny story that I'm going to just throw in here um, under the FDIC stories. So people didn't really understand when it came out what it meant. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. Ed Johnson, who began... To work as an FDIC agent claimed in 1938. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't claim. It was the FDIC claim agent in 1938. He recalled an incident in which a depositor had a a failed New Jersey bank of a failed New Jersey bank appeared unsatisfied with his FDIC check for $225. While admitting his, it was in fact his account balance, the customer indicated that the sign said, that he would be reimbursed for $5,000. <laughs> well, I guess, said Johnson, he thought he'd hit a jackpot. In the second incident, an know, office... He, now he's trying to figure out who burned like, the bank down. He's like, but I got insurance. That's like, right. I have insurance for I just put $200 this. in the bank. Where's my 5000 <laughs> The Office of Maryland Register of Wills received a telephone call in the late 1970s of a recently widowed woman her husband had an FDIC-insured bank account. She related, and now 
that he had died, she wanted to know how to collect the $40,000 of insurance. <laughs> and he said, hopefully this was not an integral part of their estate planning. <laughs> oh, man. And I was like, it's true. We all get stupid about stuff, but I thought those were really humorous stories. And I imagine some interesting stuff's going down right now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and I... Like I know in the you know the the tinfoil hat communities, there's a lot of talk. People are like, "You're not going to get your money. It's not really insured. Like they say it's insured, but that's just to keep you from taking your money out. Like if you don't take your money out, it's gone." Yeah. And I I there what I think is at a certain level that might be true. Like if everything fails, yes, then that might be true. But they started a special bank account after the 2008 crash. It was made to help cover losses for yeah. things like this. It's called the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's when they raised it to 250000 Yeah. But they had additional, just like this loan bank account, where they have been putting money in so that they could cover deposits uh, if it happened. I was say, it's one of the reasons, like, so Biden is out saying, none of your tax dollars are going to pay. Right, because they already this. did. Right. Well, it's not. <laughs> tax dollars it's essentially bank fees the banks are paying into this so basically oh really it's not tax but if you have a bank account you're paying you're paying it. into it like and it's one of those things that kind of bothers me like i know why they say it mm-hmm. but there's not really it's not fully true you know this is essentially paid for account. by the people with bank accounts by the fees and whatever else or the lack of interest, you know, they're getting paid on their, it, it's a, it's being paid for by the banks mm-hmm. who pass that cost on to the customers. And that's why I wear all of my money in jewels on my, <laughs> on my body for safety, because that will never go away. I wonder, because, uh, <laughs> like, I'm one of those people, I can't Don't understand the value of, like, gold and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like, I, I get why people do it, because they're like, oh, if everything collapses, we'll have gold, and you can sell, I think. If everything collapses, who's buying who's gold? Who's buying gold? Who's like, yeah. I had this funny talk with my kids where I was trying to explain liquidity because it's a silly word when talking about money. Yeah. And I was like, it, it just has to do with movement because if all your money is in a gold bar and you need to separate it out, you don't want to chisel off tiny pieces of gold to people. And I was like, this is the stupidest analogy ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my block of gold. Oh, but guess what? Nobody's FDIC insuring that block of gold or all the jewels all over me. No, but speaking of the FDIC insurance, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was that with these banks, the FDIC said we're we are we're covering yeah, all deposits for the first time in history. And, and it's one of those things I can't decide how I feel about it. I it will it will tell in time. I think that's the only thing because I think it's it's meant to stop the panic. Yep is is. What caused the Silicon Valley Bank panic is these people with more than 250000 like, you got to get oh, yeah. your money out or you'll lose it. Uh-huh. And so the FDIC is like, don't do that. You won't lose it. Yeah. But at the same time, but what the- I always worry about, like, this is a quote that I saw from somebody is that it basically, they're saying, we're going to uh, socialize the losses, but not the profits. So oh, if things mm-hmm. go bad... Then everybody steps in and goes, okay, pool the money together, make sure all these rich people don't lose their money. But when things go good and the profits are there, that doesn't get so like yeah. that doesn't get spread out. It only goes 
to those richer people. So everybody steps in to bail out these people with more than 250000 But don't forget, these are businesses. So these Most are, of them. Most of them are businesses, and most of them, it's, it's their payroll. Like, this is their company. It's true. Whole, whole money. So if they're going to pay out payroll, if they're going to do anything, they have to in, have in, access to In fact, money. one of the things that I saw was somebody who couldn't get their money out be, they they couldn't meet their payroll on yep. Friday. So thing on last Friday when uh, they basically kind of shut the bank down. All right, no more withdrawals or whatever. Mm-hmm. When they did that, some people were like, "We have yeah, two hundred employees that ain't getting paid," and and I'm sure I do. They think got stuff now. Like by, I'm that's sure, why they I got guess. their money by Monday. Yeah, is is I truly think. That because so many of this was business related, that they pushed this out to say not only will it stop runs on banks, but it will save all of these other companies from going under, because they would all of these other companies. And the domino effect. Yes, yeah. That would be such a big push into terrible land. So that is why I think that they went and pushed this to have all of these covered. But they can only do that for so long, and then they can't do it anymore. And so when people start realizing this, and if in the future more banks start to fail, then it'll all just ramp up again because there's not enough money to cover absolutely everybody's everything or else we wouldn't have debt to other countries. (laughs) Yeah. The the other thing that I saw too is it was, I think it was a Federal Reserve employee that was just like, oh, don't worry. We can just print as much money yes, as we need. because that's worked out for and us I think, really well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're trying to get inflation under control. Mm-hmm. Let's and somebody literally it. just stands up and goes, we can just print everything we need. There's no reason <laughs> we could have. Okay, why do we have inflation problems, I wonder? <laughs> because that is kind of what happened with our inflation problems. Yeah. Is they printed a... I can't think of a polite word to say. A ton. Crap load. That's my polite version. <laughs> of money after after 2020, they just kept printing it and printing it and printing it because they wanted to give everybody money to... Yeah, they're worried that, that people can't get through the, the pandemic restrictions and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're locking people down. You know, people still need to eat, and they want people to make you mm-hmm. know their house payments so that there's not just colossal failures everywhere. Yeah. So they just start printing print money. Money, and that is why the value of the dollar, your purchasing power of your dollar, goes down when your money yeah. in there's more money in the market that doesn't have any real value based on it. It hasn't been earned in a particular way. It's not like it was part of like a system that brought money in. It was just yeah. put there, and then. That is why you buy a freaking dozen eggs for a million and a half dollars is because that and, of course, the chickens. The chickens. And the chicken flu. Bird flus. But while we're on the topic of conspiracy theories, I have my single layer, maybe two, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory about what happened. So I'm of a firm belief that there's some wild stuff going on with Russia and China that we just don't know about. And so I can't help but wonder if, you know, with all the influence in social media that that Russia has and that China has, if they were like, here we go. And they're like, everybody get your money out. And it was like, 
amplified by that when they saw him there's an episode of the simpsons where it's got bart doing a bunch of different voices and i think he's at a bank and he just starts (laughs) they're gonna take your money wait my money's gone (laughs) you know and i like you really could do something like that where you just get some voices to be like oh i can't get my money out of silicon valley bank well that we know that russia does this yeah because this is what they do when they say they interfere in the elections this is one of the things that they do so it's like what if they saw him give his press conference and they're like oh here we go and they're like blah and 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 that would make me think that would be another reason why the government would be like covered 100 percent. we don't want people to freak out like if they know about it, yeah, and they're Which like, was a, so to go into that conspiracy level <laughs> yeah. thing, one of the, um, it one of the guys in the Senate, they had an emergency Senate meeting, yeah. and one of the guys in the Senate was like, "Can we shut down all the social media talk? Is yeah. there a way we can shut this down so that nobody's talking about pulling money out?" You can't even say the word suicide, and they'll shut you down. Why couldn't they figure out a way to? Do- so, just, and I, I don't, don't know, know like, I, I don't agree with any of it, but I just think that's what we're going to come to. Like, because how are you going to stop this in the future? Yeah. Like, it'll, take Russia, take the tinfoil hat conspiracy out of it. Just normal people yeah. are going to start panicking. And if everybody's on social media going, I just pulled my money out of the bank, you know, and if it, it took hours, it took yeah. me three hours to get my money out of the bank. And they put that on social media. Everybody's going to go. Well, then I better. Yeah, I better get go now. started. Yeah. because the end of day is coming. And what if they? Shut and it down? I really do. And and I it it makes me sad because I think it's going to happen. Like they're going to, for America's safety, is they're going to put in these restrictions where they're like, okay, yeah. we have, you know, we have the ability to go do this now. You know, it'll be yeah. kind of the, uh, the you know. Patriot Act of the banking crisis is they'll just come in and put in these uh, potentially abusable clauses that give them powers that maybe we don't want them to have. But You know, it's really interesting because First Republic Bank was third in line or fourth if you count Silvergate. So it had an asset total of $213 billion, right? So it wouldn't... That, that's pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, and 67% of its deposits were un, uninsured. It technically failed on March 13th. But on March 16th, one, two, three, four banks shared in purchasing it. Was, it was it. 11 banks. Was it 11? 11 banks stepped in and gave... So four of them gave $5 billion each. And they're huge. And this is yeah, like these Bank are, of America. And, and this is what Morgan I don't Chase. get because this is where I start thinking. Yeah, I'm like, what? How do you Our do whole this? system is fraudulent because why? Why would any of these competitors step in when they could go, if I just wait a I week, could I could buy it thing. Yeah, for, for a fraction of what it's worth? I, you know, I... It's true. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around it. Aside from this is what I think is it really was a, a powwow of you guys. We we'll need say to the do government, you know, save. the Fed, the banks, whatever, saying if this falls, you're all, you're all next. <laughs> you're and, all <laughs> next. I do actually wonder because you know when when you think are they all th- 
the 11 banks in that top 12 because they are all working really closely with the government because they have to. Yeah, and most <laughs> of them are. So they are all, the four of them were like the, some of the, the biggest big banks. Citigroup, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Bank of America. Yeah. That's why I thought there were only four. So I guess I the thing I saw said that there were four that gave $5 billion each, two that gave $2.5 wow. and then um, a bunch of other ones stepped in to cover the rest of the, I think, $5 billion. You know, I want to put something in a little bit of perspective right now because that's insane, right? Yeah. To, to bail someone out like that. But the largest bank collapse ever was Lehman Brothers in 2008. And they had $600 billion in assets, okay? The government paid $87 billion on September 15th and $51 billion on the 16th. And as of May 2022, there you go, 2022, they were still in bankruptcy court, but all assets were liquidated in October of 2022. So they had been in bankruptcy court for like 14 years. But a lot of people were ended up being paid back once they liquidated all of their assets and and that so that's 600 billion dollars that was either lost or partially paid back by the government or liquidated and paid back over 14 years silicon valley had 151 billion to actually their total uh, assets was, was 172 that, that so was the their uninsured was amount 200 and something oh but... it was yeah, it was, let me find the number here, but it was, because they were the, uh, where, where was my number on that? Because I have silicone at 172, signature at 110 billion, and then First Republic at 213. I mean, you were talking gigantic amounts of money in a small amount of time. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why they were like, let's save this, because if it starts dominoing, and everyone's going to freak out. We're going to end up in the Great <laughs> Depression. Like, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And, and, and the weird thing, too, like, part of me thinks we're headed towards a recession by design. Like, that's one of the things that they were talking about with the interest rate increases. They're like, this is going to put us in a recession. Yep. You know, that, and that's what's going to help them you know the the pool of money that's out there is all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people that you know lose their jobs you pull a lot of money out and then you kind of start you know fresh and part of me thinks that was the end goal is to get to a recession i don't think they want the banks to collapse or anything no. like that but i think they're trying to to solve inflation they want a short period of recession and i don't know i i think they're on track for that, like uh, Goldman Sachs just increased their uh, probability of a recession from 25% to 35% on their outlook. Okay, but truthfully, the only reason it's not in a recession is because there's a lot of people who are Because we changed the jobs. definition of recession. Yes, we changed the definition <laughs> of recession. So yeah. I'm like, if this is what you're going for, we're here, like... Let's just admit that we're here, but they legit Except it. for that what they haven't done is pulled the money out. Like, the money hasn't left the economy mm. yet, and, and so they're not done. So, I, I, and what I really think is they don't want to call it a recession, because whoever's in charge, if a recession happens, everybody goes, oh, these guys made yeah, a recession. Honestly, 
if you call it a recession, people will then change the way that they're spending. And Potentially, yeah. Well, it's, I think it, it's kind of like the consumer confidence. Yeah, it bit. is. It's probably very mm-hmm. similar to the... So if you're going for it, good gall, just bite the bullet, Biden, and just be like, yeah, we needed this. Just say we yep. needed this we recession. We needed the recession. And then, and then you're good. But Yeah, the problem is that's really hard to say to the people who get affected by it. And yeah, but sometimes you just have to be a grown-up and tell people this stuff. No, you. and here's the problem. This is why I don't think that will work is that there are such a large group of people that aren't affected and everybody who is affected goes, well, make them affect, you know, make make this person affected instead of me and I will be 100% behind <laughs> your plan. That's true. But it, you can't do that. No. You know, like, I mean, the, the guy at SVB Bank, he tried to... He tried to be the grown-up, and it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and it makes me sad, too, because like, all I see is people talking, oh, what a stupid guy. And I think in yeah. any other situation, you would be like, look at this transparency. Yeah. You know, like, this is exactly, this is like George Bailey standing up, the money's over here, and the money's over yeah. here. You know, he's somebody who's trying to explain However, everything's okay. You know, we, we've got to do this. We, you know, we, we'll be okay if you don't panic. And then everybody panics because of that. But he also and all of his executive team dumped a bunch of their stock right before. Oh, that's actually. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, like, I'm mm, glad you brought that up because yeah. that's one of the things that was brought. Like, not just I think they did it at First Republic. I think the executives at First Republic all cashed out. And the weird yeah. thing too, because they work at these, they have to declare it months in advance so i told you that in oh. january somebody came out with the in the, oh. with a twitter thread on so mm-hmm. and right after that is when the silicon valley bank ceo it's, said that i'm lady gonna sell it finally a month. working yeah and, <laughs> and so they have to give like a month's notice so that there's not that oh and i thought they could people do it afraid of consumer or the insider trading because i know that if you are selling your bank that you get blocked from any kind of purchasing of any kind of stock of your own bank because you have insider information. So you can't stock up. You can up until the point that things are kind of legit and they're like, no, really we're, we're in process now and and you can't buy them. So I figured there must've been, I was surprised to think that there wasn't a rule, but apparently there was, and I'm glad. Yeah, there, there was a rule. The problem is, is like they knew the information back in January. The information was kind of public. The panic wasn't there. That's because the chief officer had been there, and she'd gone through all the yeah. stuff, and she was like, hey, guys, uh-oh. And so people started knowing that. So you see these CEOs who cash out, and then things go bad, and and they walk away with millions. So the yeah. CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, which essentially failed, he's walking away with a $2 billion plus payout. Yeah. And, and it makes the people who you know, lose money or whatever. Like, how do you feel good about that? Well, who did they sell it to? They knew things were tanking, and they sold it to some schmo who's like, yay! Yeah, and, and, and like, the truth oh. is, like, it, it may end up being really good because <laughs> one of the things that I think will happen is at some point things will rebound. Anybody who's buying low on a lot of these yes. banks has the potential to, to shoot right back up because Silicon... The, the, you know, what cost these banks was the run. If people yeah. didn't make a run, the banks would be completely solvent. 
They, they yes. adjust their money. They got higher interest rate loans that they can do now. Yeah. Like that, in a in a long term, if nobody pulls their money out, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. The scary thing is, and and I think it can be exacerbated by other things, like say you know any level of war, or whatever that that might break out. You never know what's going to happen. But oh, that's what I've learned since we've been doing this: is you can't tell what's going to happen. <laughs> you can't. And and even with just where things are now, I have no idea what to expect with say future banks. Because if you go look at what happened in two thousand eight. It was, there were months between crashes of banks. So you would see, before things started going really bad, a bank failed, a a small bank failed, I think, first. A small bank failed. And then two months later, Washington Mutual, uh, was it, that failed. And that was like the big big one. But it was months between. And these are all happening in, you know, the, the Silvergate, was I think two weeks ago, roughly, and it was it didn't. I fail, think it was fail. a week before. Yeah, a week before SVB. Yeah, and, it, and no, then, it just liquidated. It liquidated, but I mean that's a scary thing. Like it, it failed in that it realized it, it wasn't gonna work. It failed in that it didn't succeed. Yeah, but <laughs> but people didn't lose their money. Like it, it essentially just was like, all right, everybody take your money back and go home. Mm-hmm. This isn't working. Which but is fascinating. It's not like we lost all your money because mm. that's what happened with like FTX, the FTX crypto right. exchange. That it's not weird. like everybody gets your money back. It's like there's no money to give back. No, we don't have anything for disappeared, you. Disappeared, and he's in some big trouble now. Oh, he's the guy in charge of that. Is, he's got like eight charges against him. Well, it kind of reminds me of that lady whose name I can't think on the top of my head, who had like the blood machine. Theranos. Oh yes. Yeah. Theranos. The, I, I don't remember her name, but yeah, she had that company where she was like, we, we're making a device and it can just tell you what's wrong with you, you know, prick your with blood or whatever. And, blood. and, and then they're like, no, we'll, it we'll can't. see everything, <laughs> you know, we'll be able to diagnose anything wrong with you. And everybody's like, that's fantastic. Because mm-hmm. it would have been if it weren't a big lie. Yeah. And the, she only had like a semester of college under her belt. She was just not, she was just a liar. She was just a liar. And the weird thing to me is, it can't just be her. Like, imagine all the com- you know, people working at that company. Somebody yeah. has to know this doesn't work at all. I watched. The you know, who doesn't know that when you're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working on the, at the company? There might be a bunch of people who don't know that, but anybody in the technical side of things has to know it doesn't work. Well, they did because they they talked to the lab techs, and the lab techs were like. You're not getting consistent results. And they started asking for, from the doctors, just a little bit more. And they're like, and we didn't have enough to do all the tests because it was just a tiny, it was a little bit of blood, but it wasn't a drop. And so they, they're they like, we just tried. And, we, and I just think, you're medical. Like, people are using you for life and death type situations where... Where if they have a serious hypertension, high cholesterol, whatever, all these things that they need to know about, you are the one that they're finding it out from. Like, you yeah. need to be honest. Yeah, that one was really bad because I, I that one was just full-on fraud. Same with yep. the FTX. The FTX yeah. crypto thing, I don't think, you know, 
a lot of the investors. There's a ton of people getting sued. Apparently, like a lot of like celebrity type people endorsed it. Oh yeah, and whatever. And, Huge and everybody's like suing them, saying, you know, hey, I put my money in because of you, and I lost all my money. Yeah. And there's I mean, a lot going on. They're like, on. we never thought she was just crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that one. That one is kind of a crazy story because yeah. he was part of this you know, group of people, they call themselves like effective altruists and they're, we're going to do all this good in the world. Oh, wow. And it turns out like everything, he, he was running this other company and taking all the money that people were investing, you know, in FTX, hoping to make money, putting it into his other company oh, called wow. Alameda Research and basically <laughs> counting the money double in both, both of these companies <gasps> are doing great because these Taking, you know, he's cheating. counting the money on both sides of the, you know. I recall it, an office episode. And so it, it was, uh, that one was really bad, but, like, he was just the, everybody was thinking, oh, this is the nicest guy. Yeah. You know, and he's it, trying to do all this good, and mm-hmm. it was just so much, it was just fraud. Too good to be true, for sure. And that's how Th- Theranos was. Yeah. It was way too good to be true. We got this awesome thing that everybody will want and will save a billion lives. That's right. And I don't think that's what happened here with <laughs> these banks. I think it came across because of the government not being able to. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily that it's the government's fault. I don't, I don't want to put blame on anyone because like, I, I think a lot of this stuff is just too complex. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, they should have seen it coming. And I, and, and I think that they maybe. could have seen it coming. But I also can understand why they were like, whoa, I didn't think that it would happen. Like, well, I, here's what I don't get. So during this period of low inflation, the banks got to do something. So they invest, the, you know, they got their mortgages or whatever that they mm-hmm. do. They invest in bonds and treasuries and whatever. So the inflation rate changes. What are they supposed to do? That's because everybody's like, oh, they should sell that stuff. Who are you going to sell Who's that to? buy it? Somebody has to buy it. And it went up You're just so looking fast. for the biggest sucker. You're just like, oh, we'll just pass it on mm-hmm. to some dorky moron. Like and, the ones and we'll, that bought their stuff. You know, that way we can <laughs> <laughs> divest. And, and I like it doesn't make sense to me that every bank can do that. Somebody has to buy these. Somebody's going to be stuck. And they usually buy them from each other. Yeah. And, and, and but. Anyone who buys them is at a disadvantage because they're yeah. essentially losing money. So why would anybody buy them? I think it, it's not, to me, and I don't know enough, but I think it's not really fair to be like, every bank should have sold these. To yeah, who? to who? You know, like I get, and you should make new investments, and I think most of the banks were doing that. You know, all right, now let's get these yeah. higher, you know, rate yields and do higher rate mortgages and whatever but it, it did the interest rates went up so fast yeah that you couldn't even be like hey i got some threes even though fours are on the market hey i got some fours even though i think they're saying the over the course of a year it went from essentially like 0.08 percent to four point something percent oh wow over the course of a year just shot up it i mean and and during that time, so to talk Silicon Valley Bank, their business was booming from 2019 to 2021. They grew in size from like 61 billion to 189 billion. Oh, that's right. So during the the low interest rate is when they're getting all their money and doing mm-hmm. all their investment. And people are like creating new businesses at yeah. that time for sure. So I like I 
I really, the blame game seems really silly to me. I mean, I don't know what you do about any of it. I think it's okay to acknowledge what the cause is. Right, was. you should. You should definitely I don't know, know what anybody could have done differently necessarily because we'd just be in a whole different type of jam yeah. if they didn't do. And if they sold it to another bank and that bank failed, do you go, well, at least yeah. this bank didn't fail. Like, if somebody has to buy that, somebody, you know, somebody's getting the, the short stick, but. And it was so good for so long that there's a big chunk. There's a big chunk of those unrealized losses, probably in many of the banks. Yeah. It, and I'm I'm guessing every single bank was making investments during that time. Absolutely. Because that's how you make money. Yeah. People often think it's because of the bank fees. The bank fees are not a gigantic portion of how these banks make their money. I really bet it's like such a very a minuscule tiny. part. Which is one of the reasons why if, if you ask them to waive your fees, often they will waive your fees because it doesn't matter very much to them. They're making their money off of their loans and they're making their money off of their investments because when you put in a deposit of, let's say, the $100 billion, you invest that, you're making a lot of money. Yeah. And of course, things can go south like they obviously did here, but... And, yeah, and a, lot a lot of those money. investments that they're making, you invest in those, like the treasury bonds, that's um, essentially, that's going to get paid out exactly what it says. Like those, yeah. that's as safe an investment as you can make until the interest rates rise and, yep. you know, inflation happens and all of a sudden all so the investments, fast. you know, you invested a million dollars, you know, two years ago and now it's worth, you know, uh, 800,000 yeah, 800, <laughs> and it looks like a terrible investment mm -hmm. because of that and they have to you know when they realize the losses you have to do that in a very balanced way you can't just take the gigantic loss or yeah or have you have to take the bank. loss because everybody's pulling their yep. money so that's what ended up happening with the silicon valley bank is everybody i need my mm -hmm. money so they go well then we have to cash these in but, so they yeah. have to realize those losses, and they realize one point eight billion in losses just mm -hmm. trying to pay the people making the bank run out. Yep, and yep. and I I thought that was to their credit, to that they were like, yep, 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 <laughs> because I can imagine as like because the people who are in charge of these decisions are probably not uppity up people; they're probably the lower people who are making these. You know, people are calling for their money, so yeah. they're like, okay. You know, and and I bet it was very overwhelming. I bet it was oh, whatever. Sure. And and they still did it until I, they couldn't do it anymore. I watched the video, and I don't even know what the context was, because I like, but it was this. It was like a bank executive, and he was explaining a bank run thing from this was years ago, I, probably back in the eighties, I'm guessing. But, oh. Mm -hmm. But what he was saying, it was either eighties or nineties. He said there was a bank run started and they said okay the first day we gathered everybody we told all the tellers you go as slow as you can and you give you know you don't give hundred dollar bills you count everything out in small bills you count it twice you do whatever and you just go as slow as you can give as little money as you can out and tell people to come back tomorrow and then they went to the fed to give us as much money as you can give us the next day they went to the tellers they said you pay everybody out as fast as you can. Hundreds, knock them out the door. We don't want any line. We don't want anybody to see any weight. We don't want anybody to see any panic. 
So the first day, it's let's not lose all our money. money. And the second day is don't let anybody think there's any chance that they can't get their money. Let everybody in and out as fast as you can so that you so stop the panic. go on day two. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you can do that now. You know, with the social no, media and they, stuff, it's yeah. it's not going to be the same. And, and the crappy thing is, is, you know, even if it's not, you know, Russia, China, you know, any bad actor can be like, oh, I couldn't get my money out of Silicon yeah. Valley Bank. You mean like Bart Simpson. Yeah. Oh, my money's gone. Yep. <laughs> Somebody could just be causing these runs without... It's true, and what's what's so unfortunate is, I, I, by the time you figure out that that's happened, your bank's gone. Yeah, like, because uh, nowadays with the yeah. forty-two billion dollars in, a, in day. a day, in a day, because when my husband helped that guy get his money out, it was Friday morning, and people had already been taking money out on Thursday, like. Yeah, so I think the CEO said something on the 8th, which was uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Then the 9th is when everything started, mm-hmm. and the 10th was that Friday. Yep. It was just, it's fascinating, because when I think about bank runs, I think often about um, the Great Depression. Not so much about 2008. I think of the Great Depression. Yeah. And I think, oh, my gosh, like, like. That's old-fashioned. Like, people know better, and people diversify their their money. No, not if you need it all for your payroll, and not if you need it all for your basic business operations and acquisitions. And not do- if you're scared. And not if and you're I, scared. Because I really, like, imagine, you know, especially, like, if you think, okay, we're headed towards a recession, everybody's oh, yeah. going to lose their job. If I can't get my money out of the bank, that's all I have. Yep. So I might as well get my money out now. Because as much as I sit here and say, it would have been better if everyone would waited, I wouldn't wait. I would yeah. probably be first in line. Just like I saw, I panicked a long time ago. So I'm going to take my money out now. Like I, I, I could imagine myself being definitely part of the problem. See, and the, like I have felt a little bit of panic. Don't, you know, should I, should I go pull money out? Like, Maybe not all of it, but just pull a bunch of money out, mm-hmm. you know. But I Everyone's honestly, mattresses are lumpy now. <laughs> I, I uh, just thought, you know, if the system, you know, fails, the system, like I don't know that if they can't it's help be you, that it's different. catastrophic. Yeah, because they can just print more money. <laughs> they can just print more money. Like honestly, that's right. I don't understand what the <laughs> problem is. I, I don't under why don't. The, why didn't the U.S. government just give everybody a billion dollars and solve poverty once and for all? Oh, my gosh, that would be hilarious. I, I not, actually, not in a good way, in a bad way. One of so my, uh, uh, you know, like a book sort of thing that I was thinking of was a guy who runs for president. and he is, His slogan is, I'm going to give everybody a billion dollars because I think it's about time that everybody gets what they deserve. So... Two stories on that. First off, I think it's San Francisco, but I could be wrong, who was trying to pay reparations to, I don't even know what you call people anymore, black people, African-American people, people of color. So I just say them all, and then (laughs) one of them's wrong. But um, $5 million, and then like an annual salary of like 100000 something ridiculous. 
Yeah, I and saw something like that. It was so funny because I just thought, do you have any idea what that would do to your economy if you are paying everybody because then you make the value of a dollar worthless? Yep. And you have just flooded your city and made money worthless. Like, like you can't just pay everybody for no work at all and just be like, here you go. But that reminds me of a second story. <clears throat> I was in Africa and I will save the country because everything's so tenuous right now anyway for everybody. But we went and visited the president. Um, not his, who was it? It wasn't the president. It was the, uh, there's like a, a international bank system that works with some of the countries. And the name has fallen out of my head right now. And like. the representative for the president was saying how the president was like, I want to buy everyone in the country a car. Everyone gets a car. How do we get enough money from your bank to give everyone in the entire country a car? And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Could you imagine? <laughs> not only was the infrastructure not yeah. in place, and it was already a zoo to get around, but we'll just throw that out the window. But to be like, hey, I'm not even going to make you work for this. I'm going to give you all a car. There's not enough petrol. There's not enough anything. There's, you don't even know how to take care of a car and it will, you have no value in this car because you did, it was just given to you for free. And, and, and the truth like, is like, and that's not necessarily a people problem in it. as long, like if you have people working, you know, like what you really need is everybody, you need to produce enough goods, yep. enough food, enough whatever it so that everybody has stuff. And, and if you just, if you're not producing, the money doesn't matter. No. The money's fake. The, the money is fake. just a tool to help mm -hmm. get those goods and services moving. Yes. But if and you don't even more make than stuff, ever, money is fake. It is, is all pretend. They print it on a whim for no reason whatsoever. Nothing backing it. And the truth is, you just use your electronic money and... Just assume that it's going to be there. Yep. If there's a glitch in the system, you could lose all of your money. Like, doesn't happen very often, but it's fake. It would be hard to happen, but... But like, if you are worth something, hey, I can I can make cabinets. <laughs> like, oh, look, you have value. Like, I I don't know. I don't understand why people don't understand this, but I've gone way off topic there. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting though to see what happens with the the banking situation, the economy. I know in a couple months to see if this happens again because or if they save that, it could just be like a one time thing, or it, we yeah. could be on the you know verge of the next Great Depression. Or... So basically, what we're saying is, if you have over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a bank. Invest it somewhere diversify. else. For a little, yeah, diversify your assets. <laughs> it, it would probably be wise to do that, just mm -hmm. because even though the right now with the banks that did fail, the FDIC is like we're we're covering it all. You don't know if they can just keep oh, doing that forever without doing the. Without we'll just print money until ruining us with inflation. Yeah. You can have all your money back, but now it costs four million dollars for a loaf of bread. <laughs> That is Aren't what you happens. glad you didn't lose your money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only did you lose your money, but we all lost our money. 
<sighs> because that is what happens when you hit hyperinflation is that the the cost of goods skyrockets to an insane degree. Like we make fun of eggs and how eggs have gone up 300%. That's nothing when you hit hyperinflation. Yeah, the the places that have hit hyperinflation essentially any anybody with we'll say like middle class money all their money is worthless. Like yeah. you you can't have enough money. No. That in that respect like if you talk about like what Germany went through they would t- they would have to take a suitcase full yeah. of money. The to wheelbarrows. Buy, you yeah, hear the story. Bread. That they have to take all of this money just to buy bread and then and then governments are just like printing out more so they're dumping all of these yeah bills into people's wheelbarrows i saw a picture of this in venezuela and there's yeah. a whole bunch of bills just on, on the, the street ground. nobody and, cares and nobody cares because they're like it's, like it's coming literally garbage less than pennies yeah mm-hmm. but you could probably do some cool crafts on it with five minute crafts <laughs> that's right i saw someone make like a table out of a bunch of u.s dollars and i was like You'd better be somewhere else because that's illegal in the United States. It's uh, illegal now, but but when when your only way to get a table in hyperinflation, right. they'll be but like, "You're a genius." Cheaper to make it out of dollar <laughs> bills than uh, two by four. Than... Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think the message of this: we don't really know what we're talking about. We just saw no. this crazy thing going on, and, and we wanted to learn about it. Yeah. Which is kind of what all of this is, is we want to learn about it and we share that learning with you guys. Yeah, so it was uh, amusing for us and I think that'll do it though, unless you got anything else. I don't have anything else, but thanks for coming along. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. Bye.